Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. He is speaking to God. Now, there was going to be a covenant that happens a little bit later on and all that good stuff. But Abraham was in a relationship with God where he was hearing from God and communicating to God. So there was, there was definitely belief on Abraham's side, okay? But he still had to say yes to the adventure. He still had to say yes to it. And, and that is something that I'll always encourage all of us. If God shows up in your life and says, let's go on an adventure, say yes. In the movie Up, a young boy named Russell goes on a trip with an elderly man named Carl. On this adventure, Russell constantly checks in with Carl to make sure that he's doing the right things the right way. In today's message, Pastor James encourages us to say yes to the adventures that God calls us to. Much like how Russell trusts Carl, you have to trust God and allow him to take the lead. Will you say yes to God? Will you allow him to lead you on an adventure? You won't regret saying yes to him. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. As Pastor James begins his message, Heroes of the Faith, Abraham. Hebrews chapter 11, that's, this is the book. We're, we're not going through the book of Hebrews. That's typically what we do. You guys know that. Start in Hebrews chapter 1, go all the way through chapter 13. But until we start our other book, which will be, I'm pretty sure it's 1 Samuel. I'm kind of going back and forth, all right? Pretty sure it's going to be 1 Samuel. But before we jump into that book, I wanted to go through Hebrews chapter 11 with you guys, just because it's the hall of faith. And that gives us a good flyover, so to speak concerning Old Testament saints and people that we are familiar with, their stories, but it serves as a reminder for us of not necessarily how great they are, because they're great, they're fine, but God is greater. And when God is at work in your life, um, you can expect just great things from a great God, honestly. Uh, You can expect an adventure, and that's that's what we've seen so far. We looked at individuals like Abel and, and how Abel offered a, a sacrifice. It was through faith that he offered a proper sacrifice to God. And, and we saw what the result of that was that his brother got jealous and, and took his life. He starts off that chapter with Abel, Abel in his demonstration of faith and how to worship God. And that's a, this proper sacrifice because God is worthy of what we have, right? He's worthy of our best. So you have that, and then we went to uh, Enoch, and Enoch was the one, uh, found him in Genesis chapter 5, and Enoch walked with God, he walked with God and was no more. That's what the Bible says. God took him to heaven, and he walked with God for, what do we know that, three, well, his total life, 365 years, right? And he became a father at 65, and when he became a father is when he started walking with God. That's when that mentions that. But he faithfully walked with God. He had a personal relationship with God, and God said, I'm taking you to heaven. You don't even have to die. It's crazy, right? So that was a cool little story and how he just, in the midst of a corrupt world, he walked with God faithfully. The next one was Noah. Noah was around. He showed up on the scene not too long after Enoch was taken up. And so he lived in the same kind of culture, the same kind of environment. And what we see from Genesis chapter 6, chapter 7, 
the world was just growing darker and darker and darker. And Jesus even referenced that when he was talking to his disciples about his return will be like the days of Noah, right? It's just going to be darker. And people are just going to be doing whatever they want to do. Whatever makes them happy is what they'll be doing. And we live in that world today. So that's a good reminder that he could come back anytime now, okay? So, but Noah was the bright, shining spot in a just dark world. Like he had a relationship. Noah walked with God is what it says. Just like Enoch walked with God, Noah walked with God. God had Noah build a large boat, which again, right up until, you know, the flood, there's no real rain. There's no real rain. You had the earth was, I mean, there was moisture and all that good stuff, but it was as far as like thunderstorms and rains, torrential downpours and all that stuff, the world didn't know those things. That, that wasn't happening. And so for God to come into Noah's life and say, hey, I need you to build a boat, which again, we went over this. Noah would be like, what's a boat? Because we're not, there was water on earth. There was water. We know that from creation. But Noah probably didn't live right there by the water, maybe by a river. And maybe he had an idea of a boat. But God's like, no, I need you to build a really big boat. In fact, it's going to be the biggest wooden structure ever built up until the 1800s, dimension-wise, which is crazy. It's going to rain, Noah. And Noah's like, what's rain? And so for 120 years, Noah built a boat. He worked on a boat. What was cool about Noah's story is this act of faith is that he started making room or he started building the boat before he even had kids. And he had the plan. God put the plan to Noah to build a boat, but also to make room for his kids that he didn't even have yet. So that was an act of faith as well. So Noah did, he was obedient, he was a preacher of righteousness, and people thought he lost his mind. They thought he was crazy. What do you mean? Rain's coming. Yeah, right. We don't even know what rain is. Why are you building this giant wooden structure? They mocked him. They didn't heed his warning. And the rain came. But Noah and his family got onto the boat, were sealed in the boat by God, and they made it through the flood, and along with some animals as well. But that was Noah. Noah had this righteousness that came from God, but it was his, his act of faith, his trust in God. And this brings us to his next key figure from the Old Testament, and his name is Abraham. You guys are probably familiar with him, Father Abraham. Many sons, many sons have Father Abraham, right? I actually had like two sons. Technically, he didn't have many sons. I mean, I get it. I, I, know, what I know what the song's saying, but this is Abraham. Abraham is like, you have, from the Old Testament, you have Abraham and you have Moses, okay? Everybody loves David. They respect David. They, they highly regard David uh, in Jewish culture, for sure. But you have Abraham and you have Moses. These are the two heavy hitters from the Old Testament. And so now we look at from verse 8, and we'll, we're going to cover 8 through 13. Actually, no, I'm sorry, 8 through 16, these two stories here from Abraham. Okay, verse 8 of Abraham. Let me, I'm going to read from New King James. I'm going to mix it up tonight, okay? Normally, I'm in New Living Translation, but... I, wanna, I, don't, I don't like how they translated it. I got a bone to pick with those guys. And you'll see why in a second. Anyways, New King James says this. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That, so here's Abraham. 
And we'll, we'll jump into his story in, in Genesis, just so you understand the whole context of the story. But essentially, here's Abraham who lives to the east of where Israel is located, okay? He lives in Ur, okay? He's a Chaldean. It's, he's Ur of the Chaldeans. Yeah, that's not Abraham. That was his family. Um, so he's a Chaldean, which means he's more like the Persian kind of region, right? So we know the Chaldeans later on from the book of Daniel. There's, there's some mention of those guys there. But he's from the east, and God shows up in, in Abraham's life. There are no Jews. There's no Hebrews. None. They don't exist yet. But God shows up in Abraham's life and he's like, hey, Abraham, his name is Abram at the time. He's like, pack up your stuff. You're moving. Where? I'll show you when you get there. Well, that's not good. No, that's, uh, that's um, no, I need direction. I need to plug this into my smartphone because I got to know where I'm going, right? We do that. I do that all. I still do that to places where I know where I'm going. It's just a habit now where it's like, okay, I know I, I had to, I took my daughter and myself to Angleton, Texas, which is an hour away from here, where I grew up. Number one, because my license was expired. I didn't know that. Since February, my license has been expired. And when you teach your daughter how to drive a car, they won't let her get a license if yours is expired. I found that out last week when I was in Angleton to take my daughter there. Um, So we had to come back. I grew up in Angleton. I know Angleton. Angleton's a small town. But you know what I always do when I go there? I punch it in on my map right? Because I want to know, I need to know, like, and I need that voice to tell me, you know, hey, in a half a mile, you're going to be getting off here, right? I know that, but it's comforting to know, to have that reminder. That's just, there's something about that. Here's Abraham. He gets like GPS from God and God's like, pack up your stuff. I need you to head west. You're going to go to this land that I'm going to give to you and to all of your descendants. And Abraham would be like, well, hold on, God, because I have no descendants. And I don't even know where you're leading me. God's like, just, it's one step at a time. Just one step at a time. I think that whole journey was not a journey of silence on God's part. I think that whole journey was probably, and, and like I said, we'll look at Genesis chapter 12, but I think it was a day-by-day thing where God was communicating to Abraham, okay, now we're going to here. Now we're going to here. And, and he was maybe just navigating him each and every step of the way. There could have been days where God wasn't saying anything. You know, it can't be dogmatic on that. But, but I know that God wasn't going to just be like, okay, Abraham, I want you to move from where you're at and leave your family and go to this mysterious new place that I'm going to give to you. But you got to figure out where that's at. Because I don't think God works like that sometimes. I mean, there's, there's some mystery to it, but oftentimes God is very, very clear in where he wants us to go and what he wants us to do. Now, there's mystery behind it. I'm not saying he gives you all the details, but he's also a good God. And that's what a good father would do to his kids. I would never tell my kids, like, send them out on some adventure of like, hey, I want you to go 500 miles away from here to this place that I know where the place is, but I'm not going to tell you. And I want you to figure out where that place is at. Like, I wouldn't do that as a father because that would just be insane. (laughs) As a good father, I would give my kids, I would give them the information that they need when they need it. I wouldn't give it to them all at once, but I I would give it to them because I still want them to depend on me. I still want them to rely on me and to trust me, right? And I think that that's what the Lord was 
was doing in Abraham's life where he says, I want you to leave your family because I'm going to start a new thing with you, Abraham, in a new place. And it's God's land and he can give it to whomever he wants. And he chose to give it to Abraham and to all of Abraham's descendants. But Abraham had to say yes. He had to say yes. And what's key to that is this. He apparently, I mean, he had the relationship. He is speaking to God. Now, there was going to be a covenant that happens a little bit later on and all that good stuff. But Abraham was in a relationship with God where he was hearing from God and communicating to God. So there was, there was definitely belief on Abraham's side, okay? But he still had to say yes to the adventure. He still had to say yes to it. And, and that is something that I'll always encourage all of us. If God shows up in your life, and says, let's go on an adventure, say yes. Say yes. Because you have the right to say no. You can say no. And he will move on. And he will pick somebody else. You don't want to miss out on the adventure, right? We don't want to miss out on the adventure. And we talked about this a little bit last week. Our friends from um, Agents for Christ were here, this college group that passed through town. And these kids are on an adventure. They're going all through the southeast part of the uh, United States of America, and they're just sharing the gospel everywhere they go. And now they're about to jump on a plane and go spend three months in Uganda. That's part of what their schooling is. And we were sharing with them like the adventure that God called myself and my family on um, almost seven years. It would be seven years ago this next month when he says, I want you to leave your family and friends from Amarillo, Texas, to move here to Galveston, where you know nobody. Literally didn't know, I didn't know any of you guys. Um, didn't know you existed. Didn't, we didn't know anybody. Didn't have a job lined up. We, I mean, there was maybe a possibility and all this good stuff. That never worked out. And praise God, just like Garth Brooks, man, praise God for unanswered prayers, right? Like, whew, man, that was, a, he saved us from something. But he called us to leave that to come down here. And he provided us with enough information as we needed it. And when the time got closer, he, he confirmed things that we needed him to confirm, right? Because your faith still kind of can waver, where you're like, I think he's calling us to do this. It seems like he's calling us to do this. And then this thing works out, and then this thing works out, and then this thing works out. And you're like, okay, clearly he's calling us to do this. So if we just trust him and say yes to the adventure, take the step of faith, He'll illuminate the path. His word is a lamp into our, into our feet, right? A light into our path. That's what the psalm says. That's what he did for Abraham. And he's still in the business of doing that, guys. He's not done. Like, that's the thing. It's like we, we see Abraham's story and maybe even Joshua's story and Moses' story. And we think like, well, that was, that was the God of the past. No, he's the God of the present and the God of the future. He does not change. And so he's still calling people on these great adventures. And, and from personal experience, I would say, if the Lord calls you on some great adventure, it doesn't even have to be to leave anywhere. It could just be to, man, to serve where you're at or whatever that may be. Just always say yes. Always say yes. It'll be absolutely worth it. It potentially will be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life, as we could attest to. Uh, there are many, many nights where we just want to call U-Haul and say, like, what truck do you have available? Because we're going back, right? Like, uh, can I get my money back on that U-Haul? 
I'm crying, Nellie's crying. You know, it's like you go through those types of things where it's like, this is really hard. God, why would you call this something really hard? Because he's like, because it's what you need. It's an adventure. And man, it, it's, it really is the best thing. And, and I think Abraham, I mean, we know for sure that he went on that adventure. He got to experience that tremendously. Jump over to Genesis 12. I've referenced it enough. Let's just look at this story that the author of Hebrews is kind of referencing for us. This one I will be in the New Living Translation, but Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, this is where Abraham's story all starts. Uh, Actually, if you look in 11, verse 27, just context-wise, says this is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram. That's Abraham. He got his name changed. Nahor and Haran. And Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans and uh, the land of his birth, while his father, Terah, still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, which would later be changed to Sarah. And the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister, Iscah, I think, were daughters of Nahor's brother, Haran. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. That's key, right, to the whole story, right? So she's barren. She can't have kids. You probably know the story. But so Abraham and Sarah are married, and there's just no way for them to have kids. No way, okay? One day, verse 31, Terah took his son Abram and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abraham's wife, and his grandson Lot, because because his son Haran, or his son Haran's child, because remember Haran died, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed to the land of Canaan, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. So you have this call, this mission, so to speak, and the whole family's moving and all this good stuff, but there's some, there had some hesitancy along the way and, and all that. We, we're not going to get into any of that. Verse 1 of chapter 12. The Lord says to Abraham, or Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. See, that's the key. I will show you this land. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you, curse those who treat you with contempt, or curse those who will curse you. All the families on the earth will be blessed through you. So there's like a sevenfold kind of promise from God concerning Abraham's life, okay? So Abraham departed as the Lord had instructed. That's his faith. That's his faith in action. And Lot went with him. That probably shouldn't have happened because he said, leave your family. And he probably should have left Lot because Lot's just going to cause trouble, right? And it's just like a good nephew would do, right? I got a couple of those troublemakers. No, I'm just kidding. They're probably not watching, so it's fine. Um, anyways, but they take this step of faith it says, Lot goes with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he left Haran. His wife, Sarah, or Sarai, his nephew, Lot, and all his wealth, his livestock, and all the people he'd taken into his household at Haran and headed to the land of Canaan. When they arrived in Canaan, Abraham traveled through the land as far as uh, Shechem. And there he set up camp beside the oak of Morah, or Morah, however you say that. At the time, the area was inhabited by the Canaanites. Bad guys, Okay. 
says, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I will give this land to you or to your descendants. And Abraham built an altar there and dedicated it to the Lord who had appeared to him. After that, Abram traveled south and set up camp in the hill country with Bethel to the west, Ai to the east. And there he built another altar and dedicated it to the Lord. He worshiped the Lord. Then Abraham continued traveling south by stages toward the Negev, which is a very bottom corner part of Israel. So everywhere Abram went in Israel, what he, what he did was he just set up altars and he worshiped God. He was dedicating this land that God was given to him and his descendants as an act of faith. He was dedicating it to the Lord. Everywhere he went, everywhere, every stop along the journey, building an altar, dedicating it to God. And I'm going to worship here. And I'm going to worship here. Good practical application for you and I. Everywhere you go, Set up an altar, so to speak, right? Don't actually build an altar, but within your heart, just, you know, establish that place of like, man, Lord, this is your place. You go home, Lord, this is your place. You go to work, Lord, this is your place. And I will worship you here. And I'll worship you there. And worship, I hope we understand this, uh, worship is more than just singing songs. It's how we live our lives as a reflection of him. And you can do that at work. You can do that at your home. You can do that at school. You can do that wherever the Lord is calling you to go on this grand adventure, establish altars and worship God every step of the way, right? That's what Abraham did. And it's, a, it's credited to him, you know, as like that was his act of faith. And it says here, it, back in Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to have you bouncing around a little bit, but I'll try to limit it as much as I can. This keeps you awake. Back in 11, it says that, verse 9, by faith he dwelt in the land of promise as a foreign, uh, in, the, in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs of him of the same promise, right? So his son Isaac, and then Isaac's son Jacob, goes on to say, verse 10, for he waited for the city which has foundation, foundations, whose builder and maker is God. So here's Abraham takes a step of faith, trusts God, leaves his home country, leaves his family, goes to this new place. And as he enters into this new place, he's just worshiping God every step of the way, every step of the way. With the mindset, here's the key, with the mindset of this is cool, but this ain't my home. This, I'm, I'm looking for another city. I'm living for another place. And what this is telling us here is that Abraham had, well, he had heaven on his mind the whole way. And taking steps of faith for God, when you don't understand maybe the why, having heaven on your mind makes those steps a lot easier, a lot easier. Because you know, I mean, I can go anywhere. God can call me to go anywhere. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. It'll bring its own set of challenges for sure. But ultimately, I'm headed for heaven. This is just like, we're just passing through this place. As beautiful as this earth is, uh, and it's amazing. I love this planet. I think God is so creative and just brilliant in how he made this earth. And we live on an island, and there's water and waves, and it's just beautiful. Go to the mountains, and the air is fresh and clean, and it's beautiful. And I love it. But this ain't my home. This isn't our home. There's a new heaven and a new earth coming, and I am living for those So we can journey through this place and we can go wherever he calls us to go and we can do whatever he calls us to do. And it gets discouraging at times for sure, but we can take heart because we know, man, this isn't it though. 
this isn't it. I love this place, but I'm living for another place. Who is your hero of the faith? For me, it changes by the day and circumstances. Most of the time, I look at Joseph. He's a dreamer just like me, and he faced extraordinary hardship along the path that God laid out for his life. And then sometimes I look at Paul, who willingly suffered and gave up his freedom and his life for the sake of the gospel. I want to be like Paul, single-minded and devoted to the cause of Christ no matter what the world throws my way. And other times I look at Abraham, who received a promise and then waited years to watch God make it happen. Whatever circumstances I find myself in, I can turn to Scripture and know that I'm not alone. Looking at the heroes of faith gives me the courage to persevere in my own race. And that's why Pastor James Grizzle is bringing us the stories of these heroes in this series on Bread for the Broken. As he shares story after story, listen to the story that God is telling you. You can hold on to those stories and keep them for the day that you're going to need that encouragement and strength. Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary Galveston in Galveston, Texas. Are you in the area? We'd love to have you come see us. We're here on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. For more information and directions, head on over to breadforthebroken.com. Once again, that website is breadforthebroken.com. And for those of you that can't make it in person, we live stream on Facebook. Well, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, man.